Welcome to Clydesdale Media. Fueled by C4, Cellucor, and Extend. Use the code Clydesdale to get 20% off the checkout at c4energy.com. On Clydesdale Media, where we bring you the widest array of content here on our YouTube channel. Make sure you like and subscribe to the channel. Hit that notifier so you first know when new episodes are available. Good Friday afternoon, everybody. Last weekend of the Open. Welcome to the Clydesdale Media Presents. What makes a good coach? So, hi. we have with us Cat Shear, CrossFit Level 3 coach, affiliate owner. And how many years of experience as a coach? Uh, since 2014. And Amy Radowski. Mm-hmm. CrossFit level two. And you have, you got your L1 the same time I did. That was 2015. Mm-hmm. July of 2015. But, so you have eight years of coaching experience. Yep. I started then whenever that was. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to do this show because I've had a great experience with my coach over the last couple of weeks. And it just made me think what, um, what makes a good coach. And it's not easy being a coach. There's a lot of factors that go on in a gym um, and things like that. So I wanted to throw it out there to you guys as experienced coaches. And I wanted to start with just by saying, um, what qualities do you think a good coach has to possess? Um, I'm a, you're asking me, I'm asking both of you. Um, I think a good coach has to care. You have to give a shit. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, my biggest thing um, that I, I even wrote notes for this guys, I'm prepared <laughs> um, is I think it's a, um, about relationships and building a relationship with somebody. And you obviously have to show that you care um, in order to be able to build a relationship. So I think that's the most, most important. Yeah. Making connections, making connections, human Mm -hmm. connections. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what mattered to me over the last couple weeks. Um, I was at an all time low, probably in confidence uh, with the asthma induced stuff that I was going through. And the coach took the time to give me cues, to give me things to look for so that I could continue to go forward um, and get better. And it has drastically changed my outlook over the last couple of weeks. In a busy gym, how do you know when it's appropriate to take the time out to do this? Well, I think you mean like just the building relationships? Like how do you do that when there's a busy classes? Yeah. So I think that there's a lot of different ways that you can go about it. I think that <laughs> just the five or 10 minutes before or after a class, spending that time bantering um, with, with your class and with your athletes there. So um, knowing their name and using their name um, when you're, t- you're talking to them, um, so, you know, even like when I check people in, you know, I'm always like, oh, here comes blah, 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 blah. How was your night? You know, just kind of bantering and, and welcoming them to the classroom. Um, and I also think it's important that I, I know that we all might personally or personally get annoyed or frustrated when athletes show up late. But I always say if they are late, I'm glad that you came. I'm glad that you, you're here. Um, I don't give penalties if you're late for, you know, doing burpee because that's my biggest pet peeve. Mm-hmm. I think that's horrible. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm glad that you made it. You are here. You chose to come here. Even if it meant you push news one more time, you still made the battle, you know, and, and you got here. So I think Scott, to answer your question um, more clearly, is just those those few moments before and after, or hey, even as they're setting their stuff up, you know, like hey, go grab your barbells, and you're kind of just chatting, and and I always try to share something about my life too, so that they know that I'm also a person and can come and talk to me and banter with me to to develop a relationship. 
So I'm going to use an example with you, Amy, because I know you, you've coached me before. Mm -hmm. So it's, I just know that better. Um, I, you know, I've had my share of injuries over the past several years. Every time I came to one of your classes, you would say, okay, let's talk. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like, Hey, we're going to do this to scale you. It was have a conversation. Mm-hmm. I want your feedback is so, so that I can give you the best possible result for you. Um, do you think that some coaches, I don't want to phrase it in a negative. Do you think enough coaches do it in a way where it doesn't make the athlete feel like they're broken? So I'm, so I'm going to, okay. So when I focus on talking about why I think relationships are the most important, it's because I think that you can receive feedback from somebody that you have a relationship with versus some Joe off the street who doesn't even know anything about me, right? Even if it's a, a if it's a cue in the moment, um, or if it's like, hey, Scott, that was really close, but you're not quite far to death. If I didn't have a relationship with somebody, they might not say like, who's this jerk? You know, you don't even know me. You don't know what I'm, my limitations are or that. Now, do I still think if I jump into a, or drop in at a gym and I don't have a relationship with that coach that they can coach me? I absolutely do. I'm talking like for our, our longer term athletes that we see on a daily basis. Okay. But I think with my experience as being a teacher, I look at the athletes more as a whole person versus just in that hour of the day. And so I want your feedback for the other 23 hours that you're not under my care. Right. So I know, you know, you know what, maybe you slept wrong last night. And so the shoulder that's been bothering you is even tighter today. So like just kind of having that information. So it's hard for me to know how other coaches look at that because I always kind of look at it with that teacher eye. So I'm not, I'm not sure I can speak to others experience with that. Yeah. So I want, I want Kat to jump in here. Yeah. If you have, because Kat, you have publicly shown that you have a couple clients that you've had to to start one-on-one because they need that attention. Do you think it's important for those who need more undivided attention not to be put in a class atmosphere and do the more one-on-one or can you do it both ways? Um, I think it's, I think it needs to be the client's decision, right? I give people the option of either doing an on-ramp or coming to class. I'm confident enough in my ability to be able to get somebody through a class. If we're doing snatches on day one and this person's never picked up a barbell and I have eight people in class, I'm confident enough in my abilities that I can keep that class moving um, and not have people that are advanced sort of standing around and wasting their time and not having the person who's brand new um, get frustrated and not learn anything. Um, But I think that takes a lot of practice um, and a lot of experience to be able to do that. Um, But I do offer the option of either, you know, an on-ramp six classes with me 30 minutes or um, the one-on-one. And you know, both there's advantages and disadvantages to both. You know, people think that sometimes that if you're paying three, $400 for some personal training sessions ahead of, you know, a pretty hefty monthly gym membership that there's like, that's a barrier to entry. Right. And there's lots of debate about, you know, you just want to get people in the door and get them started. Um, that's why it's a choice for me. It's not mandatory. I don't mandatorily put people into that um, thing. Some people can't afford it. Um, and I don't want to turn somebody away just because, you know, it's cost prohibitive for them to do so. And like I said, you know, I'm pretty much the only coach here, so I'm confident that I can get them through it. But, you know, there are some people like you mentioned, like Christian, right? Christian's hearing impaired. He will never come to a group class, uh, ever, uh, just because he's self-conscious about, you know, his hearing loss and he has to read lips and he doesn't like loud music. And, you know, that's just his preference is one-on-one. And he'll always be that way. If other people that, you know, are just not sure what they're doing and will come to the one-on-one and then integrate into classes, you know, very well. So I wanted to comment on something that Kenneth just said a moment ago, that a good coach will call you um, on your shit. And I will say that, um, yes, what I will mention about that is I think 
being held accountable is also something that people are paying for, that they need to be held accountable for things. And I think that's easier to hold people accountable when you have a relationship with them. So for example, like Charlie will tell you this, I have a good banter, like with my 6.15 a.m. class, right? If I have somebody that doesn't show up for class, sometimes I'll FaceTime them and, and as the class starts. I'm like, just, just checking to see if you're on your way, if you're coming. But, and that might seem, that might seem aggressive. But however, again, I have this relationship with these clients that so they know what's going on. But the thing about it is it lets them know, I notice. I notice if you're not there. And I've had other people say to me, I came to your class today because I know you would know if I didn't show up today. If I took my name off of the board, I know you would know I wasn't there. Um, and so I think you can hold people accountable um, and be a good coach and have a good relationship at the same time. Yeah. And I, I, I do that too. I check in with my clients. If they're, if they cancel more than one, you know, class in a row, they're going to get a text from me to like, just check in and see how they're doing. Or if I just, someone just disappears, um, they're going to get, I'm going to reach out to them in some way, shape or form. And, and there's been other instances where you hear about personal things, you know, so-and-so's husband was in the hospital for this and that, mm -hmm. you know, I'm constantly, my phone is, <laughs> you know, people say like, I'm on my phone all the time. It's because that's how I run my business. And, you know, people have my cell phone and they'll reach out to me with stupid stuff. Even it's just, you become more than just the person that leads them through an exercise an hour a day. Mm -hmm. So I want to catch, I want to catch up on a couple comments because we want to make this as interactive as possible. Yeah. And that is, uh, Jody said, if some, if someone is late, uh, but someone who literally arrives late every day is disrespectful. That happens to my 6 a.m. class for th three years straight every 6 a.m. And I would say, yes, it is disrespectful if you're late every single day, mm -hmm. but that can be dealt with in ways other than burpees, other than like a penalty. No it can public be a shaming. side conversation yeah. mm -hmm. right. that can be done with that athlete um, to correct that problem. And I also know, again, pulling from my teaching experience that some people, well, first, first of all, culturally, it is sometimes just part of the culture to be late. So I'm not going to step on, on somebody's culture. Now, what I might do is have a conversation with them and say, hey, when you're, you know, show up a few minutes late, you might miss important information that I'm going over as far as what, you know, the workout is or what the standards are for today or the stimulus. So giving them that information. Um, I'll also say, I think some people are just unable to be on time. And I've learned to, as much as that is a pet peeve of mine, to let that go and just say, I'm glad you're here. Grab your barbell, set up over there, you know, like get set. Yeah. So we also had a comment from Corey and Kat, if you have something, go ahead. No, I was just agreeing with Amy. You're good. Um, where they did snatches on their first day. They had a brand new person do snatches. Is that something you would typically do as a coach or would you find other ways to introduce them to the gym? I mean, they'd use a PVC pipe, you know, maybe a training bar. Yeah. I would have them in the warm up with everybody, probably grab a PVC pipe. And then I would say, Hey, um, after we get everybody kind of set up for the wad, you and I are going to check back together and I'm going to go over what you're going to work on. And for, for the workout, it might be doing a, a kettlebell um, sumo death tie pool or, you know, ground overhead with a kettlebell, just kind of depending on the athlete and injuries and, and that. Yeah. And you, I mean, you never know what you're going to get. I had a, I had a young girl come in uh, Monday or Tuesday this week for an initial consult. She's 15 years old. She was a gymnast. I taught her how to clean and snatch with a training bar in 20 mm -hmm. minutes. <laughs> she yeah. was amazing. Like I cannot wait to get my hands on her. And she is so interested in CrossFit. I'm actually really excited to see where she goes. And then you get some other people who, you know, can't do a ring row, uh, you know, and like show them a ring row and they're holding the rings like this, you know, and it's just, it, it depends. Right. I, I think when doing a class style, the warm up is a great way to kind of catch your eye, especially on newer athletes. 100%. So there could be a newer athlete that 
that is a great mover and I would trust to, okay, let's put a barbell on your hand. Let's see what can happen here. But it's kind of just taking it again. It's not like, let me stand and watch you in front of the whole class, do this thing. But with the class, got my eyes on you. Boom. Okay. Now I can make a, a better educated decision for what that athlete should do. Yeah. And, and you make a good point about the warm up because that is where you can check in with everybody and figure out where they are. Even, mm-hmm. you know, what kind of day they're having and things like that. You need to, you know, be connected to them and watch them, you know, and make the, the warm up purposeful so that you can see how they're moving. Um, Cause you know, people have good days, bad days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Andrew Sten says it depends on the person you find out their background. Mm-hmm. I think you guys um, illustrated that very well in your explanations. Every athlete comes in with a different story and a different um, point of beginning and a different point of development um, when they walk through the door. And as a coach, it's your job to figure all that out. So what, what process do you go through when you have a new person come to your gym to learn about that individual as quickly as possible? Um, I usually just sit them down. I mean, so first of all, people can make appointments online with me blindly, right? You can go onto my website, click on the membership thing, do a free consult. Nine times out of 10, if I assuming they are not booking an appointment five minutes in advance, um, I will send them an email, uh, like a welcome email. And it's not systemic. It's just, you know, me writing the email and um, I'll say, you know, thanks for signing up, um, wear comfortable clothes. You know, I'll give them a little bit of logistics about where to park or what to bring. Um, and then I'll just let them know, like, listen, some people just want to chat and get a tour. Other people are comfortable, you know, moving around and doing maybe, um, a little movement assessment. You let me know what you had in mind. And if there's anything else that you'd like me to know before we get started, please do. And oftentimes they'll be, they'll be pretty explicit in their response to me. I'll get either, you know, thanks to you then, or I'll get the, you know, I'm on this 65 pound weight loss journey and I just had surgery and my I hate my mother-in-law and you know, this is why I'm coming in and like you get all kinds of uh, there's a broad spectrum of, of what you'll get. Um, and so that's my first point of contact is to try to get some information before they come in the door so that I know what to expect. And then otherwise, you know, you're just asking them questions like, why are you here? What, you know, what made you want to try this or, you know, what are you interested in? Cause some people really just want personal training. They don't even want CrossFit um, and they can still come here to me for that. And then once I ascertain that I'll basically just, put them on a rower and, and, you know, see what they're made of. It's kind of easy um, to observe that visually, I think. Uh, usually for me, uh, I'm not the first point of contact. That would be the owner of the gym typically. Um, so a lot of time um, he's gathering information and then we'll relay it to whatever coach is, is doing that class. However, if I get somebody brand new off the street that walks in, you know, the first thing I do is welcome them. I ask them, you know, do you have any injuries? Is there anything I need to be aware of or restrictions? And then, you know, I say, do you have any CrossFit experience or what kind of background do you have? Um, I show them a quick tour of you know, the building, kind of the layout of, of how class will go. And then I always say, listen, when I'm explaining the workout to the whole class, if I sound like I'm speaking a foreign language, just stick with me. You know, I'll make sure that we touch base and, and you know what's going on. So like I get it. Like I'm going to be spouting off EMOMs and snatches and, you know, and you may not know what is is happening, but we'll touch base. Uh, Corey jumped in that he hates his mother-in-law who lost 65 pounds due to surgery and her cats. Okay. Um, no, that's not I don't think that. we were trying to quiz you, Corey. <laughs> so can I tell you? Um, I, no, you go ahead. You're, you're hosting the show. Sorry. So I, I liked what Kat said about the warm-up is a good time to talk to people. Mm-hmm. And I found that at, at my gym, if if the coach is made aware that there's an issue with an athlete, that that is the time that he addresses that issue or she dr- addresses that issue is during the warm-up when you have more time for one-on-one as everybody's just kind of getting loose. Do you think that's typical of coaches or do you find there's another way to do that? I mean, I haven't, I haven't taken classes in other places in a while, but I mean, that's to me, that's paramount for being a good coach is to be checking in with everybody. It's part of the reason why, you know, we employed this bracelet system that we have here at our gym where we've got green bracelets, orange bracelets, and red bracelets, and people can grab them on their way in 
and it lets me know right away if they're wearing a green bracelet. It means they are ready to get coached up. They've had good sleep. They ate well. They feel good. They're ready to go. If they're wearing an orange bracelet, they're kind of like iffy, not sure. And if they're wearing a red bracelet, they are just here. Leave them alone. Um, maybe they're not having a great day or or whatnot, or maybe this is their sixth day in a row and they just kind of want to send it. Um, that that also helps, especially if you've got a lot of people to manage. Um, it's real easy to just glance over and see how somebody's feeling. And you know what? People sometimes tend to compete with one another. And I found that even like me, if I'm in a class with other people and maybe I'm feeling like crap and, you know, I do a lightweight and I do... Um, that was my doctor actually. So I didn't want to talk to her right now. Um, um, if I'm, maybe I'm doing a lighter weight or maybe I don't feel good or, or whatever. And someone will comment to me like after the wad, they'll be like, are you okay? Are, are you hurt? Like what, what, what are you doing? And it's like, I wish I just had that red bracelet to be like, I just, I'm not feeling it right now. Or this is my sixth day in a row. Or I just, you know, I'm just here because I want to see you, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not actually here to work out. Uh, I think that's important. Yeah. yeah I, I actually like that idea because oftentimes I, I have in the past felt like I had to explain myself when I didn't lift the heavy weight or I didn't, you know, and it, that takes a lot of pressure off the athlete as well to have to just explain. Maybe they just want to have a quiet day and just get some shit out during a workout and they don't want to have to explain why they're in a bad space. And I, I, so I, I really like that bracelet yeah. idea. Yeah. I, and I'm not necessarily going to go over to you and hound you if you are wearing a red bracelet, you know, I'm not gonna be like, what's wrong? Are you okay? You know, some people just want to wear it and leave me alone. I'm curious because I, I, I hadn't heard of that either. And I, I like that, but I'm curious if it does, do you think it hinders at all in the community building of that? Like, are um, there people that would always come in with red and never want to be part of the community? No. And I think, I mean, and to, to be quite honest with you, not many people actually wear them, but they will come in and announce their color. Okay. You know what I mean? Like some would be yeah. like, I'm a red today. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so, so it's just kind of, I, I almost think it's more for people to just feel more comfortable and to know that, again, I give a shit and I care how they're feeling. Um, even if they don't employ it at all, because there aren't many people, at least that I've found that just show up, put on a bracelet and go in the corner and do their thing. Like that's just not the vibe here. Yeah. But you I, I, give I, them the permission to do so. Sure. Absolutely. Which I think is key. Yeah. And then I have some guy that just, he likes the color orange and he, he, he doesn't leave the bracelet after class. He just wears it all the time. <laughs> so, you know, you gotta know, you gotta know your people. Yeah. But, but you're a fairly new, you're like one year in, it's a way for you to even get to know your athletes and how they're going to react to that and, yeah. and all those things. And it helps you be a better coach. I just, I really like the concept of it. Yeah, I do too. And I didn't make it up. I stole it from somebody. I don't know who or where I heard about it, but I thought it was cool. I want to go with Corey's so, statement right yeah. here. Yeah. The, the newest one. Mm-hmm. So we had a girl a few years ago whose anxiety was so bad, she ended up leaving because she couldn't handle being encouraged. That is like my friend, Amy. How I started. Yes. Yes. That is how you started. I did. So I, I totally understand that. Oh, you're the best, Kenneth. Um, I totally understand that, Corey, and I can relate to that on several levels. And that's something, um, you know, I call that focused attention. Like some people cannot handle the focused attention. Um, and I know the certain athletes who would like to be cheered on and who don't like to be cheered on in my class. And it's interesting because, you know, like if, if I have one girl who's still going, like she'll kind of give me a look and I'm like, I got it. And so it might look like to, if to somebody who walked in there, it might look like I'm a coach that's not, not paying attention to her at that moment because she doesn't want the whole crowd over there, but I'm kind of like just kind of talking to the crowd of people who are already done asking them about their workout because that's what I know that athlete needs and yeah. that that's, what's going to have her keep coming. Um, protecting her. Yes. And I have heard other coaches uh, around say, no, absolutely not. That's not what you do here. This isn't what CrossFit is. CrossFit is about encouraging people. 
And I think you can be encouraging, but you also have to respect the fact that that person in that moment does not want the focused attention. And I support that for that person's needs. Absolutely. Yeah, it goes back to what Andrew said and what you guys said is that um, everybody's different. It depends on the person and we're not a one size fits all. And that's where I think we go down a wrong path as coaches, right? Every coach has their, and not just the athletes have their strengths and weaknesses. Every coach has their strengths and weaknesses and you have to play to what your strengths are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, right, so let's talk about that. Hold okay. on. Let's, can we shout out to Kenneth first? Thank you, Kenneth. Thank yeah. You, Kenneth. Thank you, Kenneth, so much. You are the best. Oh, and it bumped. Yeah. Um, can we talk about, uh, sorry, I'm going to jump topics here for a second. We'll put up yeah. Michelle's comment here. So <clears throat> I take issue with this. I do not think there should be a person finishing last every single workout. And if there is, I think coaches need to do a better job of modifying workouts for that person. If you have, if you're, you know, unless you're doing AMRAPs and everybody finishes at the same time, which is a great way to sort of encourage someone who might be behind. But if you are not actively adjusting workouts for athletes that are continually coming in last, I think you're, you're missing the boat on, you're missing an opportunity to sort of build somebody up and, and make it a pleasant experience for them. To add to that, Kat, I agree with you. I do agree with you, but here's, here's my, something that I see happen a lot Mm -hmm. is um, particular athletes, even if you've had a very open conversation about what is the appropriate scale or modifications for them, will choose to go RX when maybe they shouldn't be. And they are the last one finished because they they chose that, but those aren't, but I'm I guarantee you, those aren't the people that you have to worry about leaving your gym because they're so uncomfortable being last. Oh yes. Right? I'm yes, totally. Yeah. And so I was more approaching that of like, if they're the last person all the time and they hate being last and they hate being encouraged and they don't like the focus, and they don't want everyone cheering for them. Yeah. Then gotcha. you as a coach need to make sure that they're not the last one finished and you, you mm-hmm. modify their workout so that, you know, they're not, they're, they're finished ahead of time. I mean, give them one where they're going to win. Mm-hmm. You know, it does. It, I don't care if they don't get fit that day, <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's not, that's not so the I want to, I want to share something because I, I was the guy that finished last a lot early mm-hmm. on in my career, uh, early on when I went to CrossFit and, um, one of the members actually wrote me a letter, like a, like a two page letter about how inspiring I was because I never could. <laughs> And by getting that letter, it, it made me relish the moments where like I'm struggling and I'm trying to finish. And like, I still have that letter today on my desk that when I'm having a bad day, I pull it out because sometimes it's not about winning the workout. It's just winning at life. And that's what that letter speaks to me. And I cry every time I read it. And I was that person. So there's ways of twisting that finishing last aspect into something that is um, a benefit for that individual. If it's done in a caring, thoughtful way. That was a member that sent you a card? Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. I had some barking happening here. Yeah, we saw. (laughs) Are we, we have some really nasty weather here. Yeah. Oh, do you? It's yeah. raining all day. So I know you, I think you're wanting to us to go into our weaknesses, Scott, I think, but. Oh, no, I don't want, I was not going to highlight your weaknesses. Oh, I'm, I'm happy to. It's, it's playing to your strengths though. That's what I want to get into. You as a coach also have to do some self-assessment, right? What are you good at and where do you need to pull in other people maybe to help you out where you're, where you're not so strong. Mm-hmm. So when we, you approached us about doing this um, podcast, I'd actually had like two days before that I had just had a great conversation with the owner of our gym because I had a pretty good reflection on the day where I coached two morning classes. And then it was my rotation to come back that Friday night. So I coached um, like 
four, five different classes and I had lots of different levels of experience in fitness. And I called him on my way home and I said, I just have some self-reflections on this and I want to talk it through. And I said, there is a difference in managing a class. Okay. So having classroom management and coaching, right? So you can have the skill of leading people through a warm-up, get your stuff, three, two, one, go, great job, woohoo, and cheering, and going up to individual athletes, giving them technical cues, or coaching them through how to do the, the movements. And I think that there are times when, sure, we might be like, oh, I have this brand new athlete comes in, I'm going to have to really, really spend some time with them on focus on this. And that I want to reframe that and look at that as, no, I get to coach this person and teach them and guide them how to do this movement um, because we're all coming in there with different experiences. And so I think it's just important to look at those in separate ways that you, yes, managing a class is important, but you also have to coach all of those athletes that are in there. You're not just a cheerleader. Yeah. 100%. And coaching isn't just movement. And that's what I've learned over the last few weeks is like, I've been told since I started CrossFit, I need to pace better, but I, it's never been explained to me what that means. If, if that makes sense until the last couple of weeks and I'm not digging on any former coach. Right. And that's, and maybe that's just not where, when I was at the other gym, maybe that just wasn't any of the strengths of anybody knowing the paces of a machine or the paces of whatever, you know, and that this coach I have today, that is a big strength of theirs. And so that's the, the thing that clicked in. And we all know you can go to the same coach for two years who has told you one thing, go to another coach who says the exact same thing. All of a sudden click it's in, mm -hmm. you know, it's maybe it's just a delivery. Yeah. But I wanted I to talk about important. that as well. Well, and we should probably discuss too, uh, you guys, do you guys have the, your level two? Amy, are you level two? Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. So like the six different, you know, coaching areas, it's teaching, seeing, correcting, group management, presence and attitude and demonstration. Like those are the six basic things that you need to be able to do in CrossFit's eyes to be an effective coach. Mm -hmm. And so, <clears throat> you know, teaching and demonstration are kind of the same, kind of not, you know, I think for me, seeing and correcting are sort of the hallmarks of coaching, or at least the things that I'm, that I think I excel at the group management presence and attitude. Sometimes, you know, I fall short on just because presence and attitude is hard if I'm coaching all my classes <laughs> and sometimes people don't get my best presence or attitude. And I definitely have to work on that. Um, and group management just depends on how many people show up, right? If there's two or three people, it's great. If there's eight or nine, you know, or 15 or 25 or whatever it ends up being, um, sometimes that can be difficult as well. And so on that, I, doing my self-reflection, I would say I'm the, I'm the opposite mm -hmm. that I feel, I feel for me, I'm, you know, strong at bringing the energy, bringing the good vibe. You know, I have logistics planned out because I know who's going to be in my class, what's going to be and all mm -hmm. that. And I need, I have to spend more time on, my skill sharpening of tactile cues. Like I know that that's like, I can see it, but I you know like touch people. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> or, or verbal cues or, you know, like just my technique cues that um, I need more in my repertoire. Like I just know that about myself. So I might come into a class and not be like, I'll see something and I'll give a cue. And if it doesn't work, like I'm going back home and thinking about it. And then the next time I see them, I'll say, you know what, when I was doing this, let's try this this time. So, so I know on, on where my weaknesses are and where the areas I need to, which is what led me to want to get my level two. I was like, I know this is, I, I need support in this area. Yeah. And I think that comes with just practice, right? And reps. Yeah. Yeah. For a hundred percent. I'm much more confident now than, than used to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree. Oh. I, I like the seeing and the correcting, like my background in ballet ballet is so precise that, you know, you can just look at someone and tell whether their, their technique is good or not. And, and I'm talking about ballet now, like I can watch ballet dancers on stage and tell if they're any good or not just by looking at them and other, and other people can't, you know, they're like, Oh, it looks great to me. And I'm like, mm, you know, it's not good. 
Um, so I think that helps me a lot to to see precise movement and and where people are kind of messing up. So I want to talk about what Kenneth says here. Which is more difficult in your opinions, coaching or being coached? Because I did want to talk about a little bit about the athlete being coachable, right? Mm -hmm. And how do you deal with that as a coach? So first, let's answer Kenneth's question. I mean, I think that's, I think it depends on where you are in your, in your journey, right? I mean, right now, I think coaching for me is harder than being coached because no one really coaches me anyway, but I, I'm not resistant to being coached, I don't think. But depending on what my goals were, I might be a little bit more <clears throat> apt to lean the other direction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say, yeah, I don't get a lot of coaching. I am, I, I definitely think I am coachable. Um, it, but I also, I always joke, I'm like, I'm your special your special student that that needs I really need to feel something a lot of times over before I'm able to do it and so so maybe that would be more difficult than I guess being coached it's not that I'm not willing to do it it's that sometimes it takes me a lot of reps to understand what they're really trying to get me to do but that's because of my own issues and you're on mute and I would say Amy that yeah. you're very coachable but there, but there is a philosophy because I was a coach at your gym. Mm -hmm. There is a philosophy there because the, the growth of the gym was exponential, right? Mm -hmm. That if you are an athlete who needs less coaching, it's more important to focus on those who need more coaching. So being a coach there, unless you go in at a time that's slow or an open gym, you're not able to get much coaching. And I'm not, this is not a dig on anybody. It's the it sheer volume yeah. it happens everywhere. Of, of everywhere, right? Because I know you've sent me videos and say, hey, coach me. And you are very quick to like take my cues, mm -hmm. do, and I send you graphics on your video and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And we've done that and you're very coachable with that. But you have to seek that out outside the normal class times because well, of being a coach. I will say for me specifically that it's harder now because I'm working out by myself. I'm coaching the classes and then I stay and work out. So there just isn't a coach available a lot of the times. I try to come back in when there is, if it works for my schedule to take a class, number one, because I want to be a part of the community as an athlete as well, but to also get some of that coaching. So there are a lot of times where I'm filming my stuff and sending it to both of you to say, yeah. what's, what's up? Help what's me this? here. <laughs> what's wrong? What am I doing yeah. wrong? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's hard. Uh, I always found the same same deal. Like when I was coaching at other um, CrossFit affiliates where I wasn't, you know, where I was taking classes, um, I would have, if there was something specific that I wanted a coach to look at, I, I could in advance of the class be like, hey, you know, can you look at this and make sure I'm doing it right? Or, you know, watch my depth on this. Um, and I'd usually, you know, and that would, that would be fine. But if you don't say anything, yeah, you're probably getting overlooked. And that's, that happens everywhere, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's it's the common thing to do when there's growth in the gym. Yeah, it's easy. You're easier. So, you're going to ignore those the people that work there, <laughs> you know, before you're going right. to ignore a paying client. Uh, yeah, right. I'm yeah. not paying customers. <laughs> right. right. And you're less likely to walk out the door sure. than a new client who needs the help, right? right. Or hurt yourself or, so, you know. I'm, I'm going to clean up a couple things. Okay. comment wise. And that is Corey. Yes, Amy. Uh, people feel your frustrations. I have an athlete who has a hitch and is clean, been trying to fix it for eight months. So many cues, so many things I've given him to do and still driving me nuts. No um, touch. And then no Jody touch. said, no touch cleans, Corey. They work every time. Give it a try. And then Jody, uh, LOL, Corey, my coach has been giving me constant cues for years, but I still have knock knees on heavy squats. I mean, so does Tia Claire Toomey, so I wouldn't yeah, worry about does. that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Corey talks about his training partner is also a hell of a coach. So when they work out together, that's how he gets coaching. That's awesome. And you, and I know that, Amy, you have that too, where a couple of the coaches work out on Sundays or mm -hmm. on off days to kind of help each other out. Yeah. But here's what it's, I appreciate this, but also have given permission. So one of my training partners, he's, you know, he's, 
Um, Again. A really, he's a really good athlete. Um, but I know that he also is viewing me a lot of times when we're working out together as a peer and not as as, as a coach. And so sometimes I've had to give him permission. Like if you see something, you're, you, you can coach me. You can tell me that wasn't low enough or something just because we're working out together. I'm also giving you permission to, to coach me up. Now we have a new commenter in the comments that I'd like to highlight. The shiz. Yeah. Been doing CrossFit for just over a year and have mixed feelings on supporting the spot because it's run by an absent owner, but I like the group that I work out with. Hmm. Mm, that's, that's a conundrum. Yeah. Just love up on your people. Mm -hmm. And thanks for joining the chat. Make sure you like and subscribe. <laughs> the shiz. The shiz. Scott, um, you're on mute. Yeah. We're Corey, but at no touch clean, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. I would just keep, keep doing that. Make him or her just never allowed to touch themselves again. <laughs> yeah. I no think that what the shiz is going through is not uncommon. It's you not. know, when you have, cause I like, you know, we talked when, when Kat and I first met, there's like a million gyms in her area. And there are some that are very much like what this shiz describes, um, what she described to me and Kat's worked at a lot of them. Yeah. Um, so she has a lot of experience with this. And I know the same here in Columbus. I talk to people who go to gyms, like where Amy goes, where I go, those are quality gyms with quality people. When you go to some of the other ones, you know, they're not, they're not doing so well. Uh, we've had a lot of gym closures in the last three to four years. And it's because of that absentee owner situation in a, in a lot of times. Well, and I think it's because a lot of people who are coaches doesn't mean they're a good business owner. True. You know what I mean, like it's, uh, yeah, yeah, being a business owner and being a coach is two different things. So a lot of anybody could come in and say, yeah, I want to open an affiliate because I have my level one or two at three and, but know nothing about running a business. Or I'm really good at CrossFit, so I'm going to open a gym, but it doesn't mean you're a good coach or a good owner. A hundred percent. Also that. Yeah. Or you make dumb policies about things like um, what kind of uh, outfits you Clothes can wear you when can you wear. work out. And then people leave your gym because that's dumb. It's a certain button. Yep. Yep. We don't need to go there. That's, that's yeah, old news. That's, just, that's an opinion of mine for sure. So, um, any other, I want to leave it open to you guys. You're the mm -hmm. coaches. Um, I think we've had a great discussion and maybe we can do this on a more regular basis. I would like um, to. maybe once a month or something. Yeah. Um, and I, and I love the feedback and I'd love to get even more feedback. The Michelle drives 15 miles Yeah. and by three other boxes to work out because of the people I work out with and the coaches. So do and I. that is not uncommon. No, definitely not. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing that I kind of wanted to make sure to add or to end on for me was something that is of I value highly is is the building the community with with them in my class. So, um, you know, we usually get this the same group of people at the five a.m. at the six fifteen, and but even if there's you know a straggler that doesn't normally come in the morning, you know to me, it's really fostering that, that community during that hour. That's important. And I love the fact that we have, you know, I'll have like um, a cardiac surgeon. I have a teacher, I have a stay at home mom or a stay at home dad. Like, I love that these people are partnering up who may never run into each other's lives other than at the gym. And, but they have built friendships and support each other during that hour. And to me, I, I highly value that. Yeah, we have a, my 5.30 class. They all show up around 5.10 and they sit in my lobby for mm -hmm. a solid 20 minutes. They won't even go in. The gym's empty. <laughs> no one's in the gym. We have a you know, seating area and they sit there and talk to each other for 20 minutes. It's super, super cool. Um, I was just going to... Isn't that awesome? Sorry, I didn't... Yeah, I was just going to say that reminds me of the early days of Shred CrossFit mm -hmm. when that happened at every class 
people would hang out in the the lobby area with launchers and before and after class. And, you know, my wife used to make fun. Yeah. Your hour CrossFit class is three hours long. Yeah, I get it. Super cool. You know, and that's, that's what was beautiful about it though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, it was more than just a workout. It was also, um, your therapy, your friends, all of that stuff. Um, Kenneth actually has a question. What is your favorite age group to coach? Um, 20, 20 somethings and 50 somethings, 20 somethings because they have so much potential <laughs> and I love the sport of CrossFit and it gets me excited when I see people that have lots of potential that maybe could go into the sport of CrossFit and then <clears throat> 50 somethings because, you know, this is all about longevity and, you know, picking up your grandkids and doing functional movement your entire life. Those are the two that get me most excited. Can I say 20, 20 to 50? Right. Because <laughs> um, that's kind of like the age range that I have in my classes every day would, would be about that. Um, I have coached kids CrossFit classes before. I've coached teen CrossFit classes. Um, and for a while that was good, but I just have such a from being a teacher, I have a very specific way that I think about kids and, and organized classes that I actually feel better just not doing them because stresses you out. It, it stresses me out. And I also think like, I understand, I just have a different philosophy as you far as like, a different way. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, or I have a different philosophy about three, four and five year olds. Like I, I get, we want them to try a structured thing, but I'm all about also like just playing and not having a structured activity. So that's why it's just a different philosophical yeah. feeling for me. But it's funny you say that because my, uh, my kids classes now I'm doing this like pre-K to second grade and then third grade to fifth grade. And, um, the most fun that they have is in the 20 minute, 20 minutes at the end where I let mm -hmm. them do whatever they want. Yeah. Right. They can't wait for that. Like we do some structured things. We do some warm ups. you know, we do a little, pushing of the weight dollies and everything else to get them, you know, exercised. And then they could just cannot wait to like be let loose on the rings, the rope and everything else. And the parents come in and it's like a mommy and me thing. That is the best yeah. part. And it's like easy for me because I just sit there and watch, yeah. them, you know, make sure no one's banging their head. But um, yeah, it's interesting that free play, they cannot wait for when do we get free time? When do we get free time? Mm -hmm. Cool. But and and I think because that's just what I do literally all day that when when I get to the gym, it's like, no, that's a different place for me. I don't I don't want to do that. I want to do this and and build those relationships with adults. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll just close with a couple comments. So I'll never forget a couple couple things I won't forget in terms of the evolution of my gym here. Um, the very first time my very first class, 515 a.m. on January 31st of last year, um, when I got to yell three, two, one, go, like I cried, right. It was like the, it was like my, that was my very first class of my own place of this place that I built and, and this community that came together, such a cool moment. Um, and then maybe a couple of months later, I remember I sent a picture to, um, a mentor of mine who's another affiliate owner slash, you know, head coach, a picture of two or three people, gathering together like before class and like talking about life. And it was the first time that I could sit back and observe it happening. It wasn't me driving it. Cause when I first started, you know, I was the one that was connecting all these people together because mm -hmm. it's just Sally from here and John from here. Um, and I, it was just the first time. And I remember it vividly, like who it was and what they were talking about. And I thought this is exactly what I wanted, right? I wanted to create this community and have them, not have to rely on Take me yeah. sort of run the conversation. And it was just a really cool moment. Um, so I'll just read to you guys too. Like on my website, I have a little bio of like who I am and I have a quote at the, at the bottom. And I think it's sort of plays into what we're talking about. I have the best okay. coaches, I'll end with a quote when you're done. The best coaches keep their clients in full focus, constantly making human connections. I want all my clients to surpass their goals, have fun and feel like they're well cared for along the way. And that's my quote. Like, yeah. It's my you philosophy. 
Well, what I think is great, if you look at the end of the day, like Kat, like out of all the classes that you teach, if you say, okay, I had 16 people in this class, eight class, whatever, how many at the end of the day and you think, wow, I affected or was in, you know, a part of those people's lives, that many people's lives just today. Like you impacted 45 lives just today in there um, from coaching. To me, I always like that, like, wow, I got to, to out of however so many members, this is how many members I got to see today and be a part of. And I, I thought that was awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I make sure to thank them all for coming. I mean, that, I'm like a broken record. Every time they say goodbye to me, I say, thank you for coming. I say, thank you for letting me be your coach. <laughs> That's cool. Here's the, the quote I'll and leave. Kenneth, Kenneth says, I appreciate you guys being coaches. I'm sure it's al it always the most gratifying role, but I'm sure you are a very positive force in many people's lives. I hope so. Thank you. My quote that I always say, I think it's even on, might be on my sh um, shred bio, but um, it's not my quote, is a quote from Krista McAuliffe. Mm -hmm. And it is, I touch the future I teach. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's I cool. just, I teach. It's a good one. Mm -hmm. And on my other jobs. I want to finish up by saying a huge shout out to my coach, Patrick, because I was coming off sinus surgery at the lowest of lows in my fitness journey. He got me out of that funk in a very quick hurry. And he made this year's open, maybe the most enjoyable open I have done since 2015. And I realized that I'm still a lot more fit than I thought I was. And that this is still something that I can accomplish. And I owe him a ton for taking a huge chunk of his day to spend with me, um, to get me over that and to walk me through 23.1 to give me the confidence back. And I did 23.2 and 23.3 on my own. And I love the open this year. And I'm so stoked I got to do it. And I am so pumped for the rest of this year and how much I better I can get. That's awesome. With that, I think, episode, right? what was that? He inspired this episode. He did. That's why we, we did this. Awesome. So I want to say a huge thank you to him. And I think we need to do this periodically. Yeah. And there's still things we, we have not touched on, like onboarding new coaches. How do you develop new coaches? Um, how do you mentor others, things like that. And then if you, the audience have any ideas that you want to talk about, about coaching, please shoot them our way. And we will be sure to add those to the next episode, but plan on this being at least like a once a month for now. We'll see how it goes and just check in on coaching with that guys. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kenneth for everything. And uh, and your little donation to us today. That was awesome. And Amy got a thank you from Charlie Flamingo Hip. <laughs> and with that, uh, we'll see you Wait. next time. <laughs> Love you guys. Love you guys. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. <laughs>